Tommy here. Did you know that's what I was looking for? So <laughs> I know say, you. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I know exactly what's going through his head right now. So apparently, it's uh, August the 31st, 2018. This is Raptors in the Kitchen. I'm one of your hosts, Paco Rodriguez. I'm joined by Tommy Vass. Hello. And Neil McCullough. Hiya. It's quite a creepy intro there. Okay. It's weird as well. Like, I mean, they can't see us, but we automatically go high and wave. You know I mean, I no, mean? like you did that. Neil did that. Oh, Neil did do that as well. Well, I, I was waving the two of you because I can see you in front of me. Okay. okay. Yeah. That works. But what you were just waving at the audience, Tom? I was waving at Neil. I suppose you're just a nice guy like that. Oh no, you're waving at Neil. <laughs> Fuck the audience, I guess. Well, no. <laughs> I waved at Neil, that's my story. <laughs> so, uh, how has your week been? Busy. Busy week, man. What about you? What's been busy about it? Ah, uh, just work. You know, work's busy. Been very busy. Um, Papers. Business papers. Business papers. Um, <laughs> going up north next week, and ex- you know it's kind of like off. You know, yeah, I had to go do that. So, sorry, I have to go do that. So I'm going to do that. Um, been at the cinema. Watched a lot of uh, films on Netflix as well. So, yeah, just I've really been putting my heart and soul into the this week's episode. Is this a dig at me because I've done the opposite? Is that what that was? It's it's not for like the third, for the third week running second week second it's not a dig oh uh, you went to that darkest minds fashion yeah. right Aye, it's not a dig at all um, but um, I'm happy you took it as that <laughs> okay Neil how's your week been uh, it's been alright it's been <laughs> much like Tommy's busy with work uh, I was at the hospital on Tuesday uh, just generally probably not watching stuff when I should be watching stuff. Aye, but you, you were going to go watch stuff, weren't you? Well, yes, I was going to go watch stuff. I did make <laughs> kind of the effort. It just it was not to be. Right, so, so, like, you, you hinted at this before we started recording, but what happened? It's amazing. Right. Okay, <laughs> what, what I did was uh, I made a big hash yogurt, right? As you do. But it was a bit, I probably made it a bit too strong and so my plan was I was going to go to the 2 o'clock Black Landsman uh, and I timed it that it would normally be about an hour for it to kick in so I thought I'll eat it at 1 by the time I get in there it'll be starting to do its thing but I stupidly ate it a wee bit too early and it was really strong <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, the bus. I got on the bus and <laughs> proceeded to want to push my fingers into my own eyes and make make it all go away because that was a nightmare bus. See the see the <laughs> number sixty that comes from Mary Hill into town. <sighs> Some grim sights on that fucker. Man. I mean, Mary Hill's not great. <laughs> so, see when you say like you made a big hash yogurt. Do you essentially just mean you dumped loads of hash into a yogurt? Aye. No, there, there's a process. All right, I thought it was just the... you put it in a big fucking munch bunch or whatever, man. That was it. What's the Aye, process? You need, you need to, you need to decarb it. So you need to heat it so the oils come out, Aye. and that's how it properly works. So what happened on the bus, Neil? Well, my main issue on the bus was it was really full. It was really, really busy, which 
Wasn't he great? Arms on buses, yeah. So, I ended up sitting next to this guy who I only looked at the once when I sat down and looked away. He reminded me a bit of the wrestler Nick Dinsmore. Oh, man, I, I, I. Not because he was afflicted in the same way that that character was, just he looked like Nick Dinsmore. Nick Dinsmore's not afflicted, he played a character that was afflicted. I don't know, I was talking about the character. That's man. a thing? What? what, what? There, there's, there's a special needs wrestling character. Basically, Nick Dinsmore played a character where um, he portrayed himself as someone with special needs, but he was almost like a wrestling savant. When was this? Uh, About 2005. Oh, oh, right, okay. That's. Maybe a bit later, Tommy's saying. That's a lot sooner than I would have imagined that would have been acceptable. The thing is, though, see the guy. He was portrayed as a a hero character. Yeah. Uh, It generally kind of did alright. I mean, I think the pitch was imagine Rain Man was a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now I just want to see Big Hoffman, like in the. Yeah, well, and the wrestling Nick, it's a shame as well because Nick Dinsmore is a fucking really good wrestler. Yeah, he was, that was he, fine. He was dealt a really fucking bad, yeah. uh, a really controversial I, I, character. I, enjoy, I liked the Eugene character. I did. Uh, not not to turn us away from into wrestling chat. Yeah, but, but anyway, I so thought, you see what, that guy looked like Nick Dinsmore. Well, okay, this guy looked like Nick Dinsmore, which was weird enough when, when I was kind of stoned. But for the whole duration... Of the journey, I never looked at this guy once. There was always eyes forward, headphones in. <laughs> I'll get through this bus. I'll be fine. So I could hear him talking. At you, or just in general? Well, because I, I didn't look around at all, I thought it was at me. <laughs> but by the time that I got up to go off the bus. I had to turn around and turn around again. He'd been talking to the guy behind me the whole time, yeah, yeah. so I was like, kind of getting hitting a pure para thinking this weirdo was talking to me. So I got as far as, and for people who know the geography of Glasgow, I got as far as the back of Marks and Spencer's on Renfrew Street, not Renfrew Street, Renfrew Street, and I was like. I'm literally 15 minutes walk away from in the cinema in my seat and everything will be fine. In your safe place. And and a place where I thought alright, it will be back to normal. But then the stupid thing was I kind of thought, oh, but you're still going to go pick up your ticket or you just flash it at the person and, they tell, and then you guys tell them, oh, why do you have three seats when there's only one of you? Oh, what's going on? And then that became a total kind of other level of oh, this is rubbish. I've got to go up the road, so I then got on a bus and went back up the road. Long story short, Neil got freaked out by a guy like Nick Dinsmore. He was on the bus for ten ah. minutes and went home. <laughs> it's fucking ace. Honestly, that was amazing. To, to be honest, the time I was sitting waiting on that bus coming in the first place, I was starting to go. Hold on, I'm far too more. I'm far too fucked yeah. for what I should at this point in time. Black Klansman doesn't seem. Yeah, that's not the kind of film you will watch. Baked, you're like, yeah. man, this is a film. You know, it's not the Meg or. You know. I'll, I'll watch anything baked. Yeah. So, okay. so that's Neil's reason for not watching Black Klansman this week, which you know is <laughs> arguably the biggest movie of the week. Means is that I was going to go at half past one today, but I fell asleep. 
and then woke up yeah. at three. We'd like to add as well, Paco's off work. It's yeah. not like it's not like he was knackered from work. He just fell asleep. No, I was I was knackered through just general inactivity. Oh, you know what it's was like? Yeah. I general you know? activity is in you sit on the couch and you've not what was, done anything. What was your excuse? Uh, I was gonna go, man, but I remember that I've seen three films and I've made a huge effort. Oh god, Tom, it must be so hard being as perfect as you. No, I, I was going to go, but God, God forbid having a nine to five job where you get your your evenings to yourself. Straight up, man. <laughs> don't get freaked out by folk like Nick Binsmore. I get terrifying, mate. Was <laughs> everybody else on that fucking bus? Right. So this week, what do we have reviews of for the dear listeners? Uh, we have reviews of um, Festival, Equalizer Two, and Slenderman. Uh, uh, I also have the Happy Time Murders. Yep. Uh, a touch of Zen. Yep. Okay. And I think there was one more thing. Um, I rewatched Seven, The Pink Panther, and uh, the Revenge of the Pink Panther. See, like now the uh, the conversation. Oh, we were and I rewatched now, Nebraska. Now the conversation we were having on the Facebook page with uh, Paddy Donnelly asked about the three biggest films I yeah. haven't seen. Mm. I was actually quite surprised when I looked at the IMDb list that number one is not Citizen Kane. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Like, Citizen Kane isn't even in the top ten. Well, those lists are subjective, man. Like, much like any kind of film. It's like, for years, Citizen Kane was, like, top of the sight and sound list, but it was knocked off by Vertigo, and that was a huge fucking deal. You're like, mate, it's subjective. It's a, a list It's a list of films. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't the, really matter. You all know these I mean? lists are completely meaningless. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially when you consider that the good. Empire list has, like, The Dark Knight is the number three best film of all time. Well, I would imagine with Empire, though, it's like, that's something <laughs> where they just choose the films themselves. Whereas I am no, it's, like vo- it's voted it? for. Right. It's voted yeah. for by the readership. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. it's kind of like it's kind of like when it's like, oh man, this film is an eight point one on IMDb. You're like, yeah, because certain folk voted for it, but that doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> it's like they think it's good, but it might not be that good. Yeah, it's total subjective. I, I was quite surprised that Citizen Kane wasn't wasn't. Nah, Shawshank Redemption's one. Citizen Kane was one, and Sight and Sounds one, but that. Again, they made a big deal, but it's like, oh man, it's just the first thing that's been knocked off the top spot by Vertigo, and I'm like, both those films are really good, but really, it should just be not so much a list of, this is number one, it's more like, look, just watch these films that are considered classics. I mean, that's pretty much the way I kind of look at the thing. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, think about it, I'm sure the two of you yourself can sit there and think of five films off the top of your head, which are better than Citizen Kane. Well, I mean, I've not seen it, so I yeah. Can't. This is what I'll say. Like, I remember like folks saying Citizen Kane's the best movie ever made. I'm like, no, it's one of the most important films ever yeah. made. But I wouldn't say it's the best. It's important because of how revolutionary it was in the way it's filmed. It's in terms of the craft and the way it's made. That is a really fucking important <clears throat> film. Is it the best film ever made? No. Yeah, you know, but you, using using that Jaws as the reasoning why. <laughs> Uh, using the idea of oh but for its time it used these techniques and introduced these techniques yeah. of which nobody nobody was using that's fine but every generation has that filmmaker yeah. which pushes the boundaries of the technology yeah. so yeah. I don't think that really holds up as much as it maybe used to It's I think because when you watch Susan Kane um, Orson Welles <clears throat> like, and his like theatre group 
the film is done in such a theatrical way that the way it's filmed is like like really kind of it is kind of you, you weren't used to seeing that kind of techniques or whatever back in the day but at the same time what is it like basically like all the older films when you watch them they do kind of feel like people are just recording a stage play but Citizen Kane was the first one to kind of actually yeah. it so it wasn't Citizen Kane Citizen Kane's quite a dynamic film yeah uh, and the way it uses editing mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. to kind of show the passage of time it's it's quite fast paced yeah whereas for, for a film back that, then absolutely yeah, for cinema of that era was very much a studio one camera there's your shot there's your shot mm-hmm. there's your shot yeah kind of affairs absolutely um citizen kane's a great movie though it's, it's just it's not it's important that's what i'll say about citizen kane's an important film in terms still, of technical prowess it's one of the ones where i feel like i should have a uh, watched it you know what i mean like i kind of i, I mean i can enjoy like, it but again it's a tone when it comes to like old films, like I mean, when it comes to like really old films with yourself, uh, I know you really like like the tech, noir detective stories. Um, so if I was to show you Citizen Kane, I'd be like, you might like it. I don't know. Okay. Whereas if I was to show you show you a Humphrey Bogart film you haven't seen, I'd be like, no, I like that because you, you like those I, I kind think, of noir think, detective films of those times. I think you would enjoy Citizen Kane for what it's trying to do. And the effort that it puts in it, trying to do, trying to do it. Mm-hmm. I think the story's all right. It's it, yeah, a good it's enough right. story to keep going. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll you'll you won't see what the big deal is, mm-hmm. but you'll yeah. still. I mean, I one mean, of the, that, that's an area. But Citizen Kane, in terms of the non-linear storytelling, that again was something different back then. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it just it is usually start, middle, end. This is like. This is the end. We're gonna go back to the start, and in terms of it's, it's more, it's more like European filmmaking. So why, why was this sled so important? Sorry, why was this sled so important? Because it, it, it was. Can you go, Neil? All four of our listeners will probably be in the comments going, "You're wrong, you're wrong." But if I remember correctly, and it has been a long time since I've seen this film, mm-hmm. was the sled not? A metaphor for the loss of his childhood. Correct. That's oh, that's that was his kind of big what Charles, regret yeah, at what, the end. Yeah, what Charles Foster Kane became. It was at the end of his life that he realised that like he was his most happiest as, as a, a child. child. Yeah. But I mean that that's some basic shit right there. But like, that was back in nineteen forty. You know what I mean? It's like that to us is basic. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a very basic kind of take away from it. But back then, but it was the film the film is more than than that. Yeah, there's a lot more to that film than just that. One of the one of the three that I was on that list that I hadn't seen was the Godfather Part Two, which I know for a fact I will never watch because the Godfather Part One was the most boring film I have ever seen. The fucking no comment. I, I get it. Just I, I just remember starting to watch it like uh, and it was like total daylight. It felt like it was the afternoon. Right, I'm gonna go for did <laughs> not. Did not end I'm going to go for a pee like break. Nighttime. I'm not listening to that. <laughs> I'm going for a pee break, though. Hey. Oh, you just pulled my earphones out. Technical well, difficulties. Well, technical difficulties, folks. I think he was pulling one side. As professional as ever. 
can't hear what you're saying Neil what were you saying I was just saying we're, we're as professional as ever I mean you know there'd be something wrong if uh, we actually did do things professionally we'd take the fun out of it <laughs> uh, yeah yeah. So, yeah I mean if you're coming here for professionalism then you're doing fucking something wrong really because I uh, I keep telling myself I like kind of learn how to properly edit these things, but let's let's not kid ourselves, Neil. Man, it's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, apologies though to the people who did listen to the episode last week and uh, were confronted with me and Tommy in your left ear and Neil in your right ear, <laughs> and so yeah, I, I kind of I goofed up on the uh, the old editing in that one. Yeah. Um, will we get into the news? Let's go for it. Okay. Um, this is like I think it's like this day, like this, like a couple hours ago. Alec Baldwin has pulled out from the standalone Joker film. It was reported that he was being cast as Thomas Wayne, uh, Batman's dad, and um, he's basically cited that um, Thomas Wayne was going to be like a cheesy Trump esque businessman. And uh, he has vehemently said, I am not involved in that project. Um, I was never going to portray the character like that or a character like that. And he's pulled out because of scheduling issues. So. But I mean, like, didn't he already do like a lot of Trump stuff in SNL? No, but that's yeah. different. That's a comedy. This is a. This, I, like, this seems yeah, like it's, can, it's, it's a drama. I can imagine that if that's the kind of character that the. That Warner was looking for, I can I can see why they would have went to him in the first place, just to try and ape the the Trump stuff again. Yeah, but yeah, I I actually found this news story quite funny because when I was looking at it last night, uh, on my Twitter feed it was like Alec Baldwin joins, uh, Joker movie. And then it was literally about four tweets later. Ali Baldwin's not doing that, folks. No. Uh, I found it quite funny, the news cycle of this. Um, well, I mean, there you go. So, I also saw a thing where Joaquin Phoenix has like, told people does not give a fuck if they're concerned about how, how he'll portray the Joker and stuff or what they think of his portrayal of the Joker. I um, I firmly believe that Joaquin Phoenix is like that he didn't give a fuck he's just like I'll, I'm an artist I'll do what I want he'll do a good job of it as well I think well I mean the idea like when I see that Alec Baldwin was cast as Thomas Wayne I'm like well why is Thomas Wayne even in it you know I mean that, that's not the Joker film I want to see but anyway I don't want Batman anywhere near this film I don't well in a quick segue into other news <laughs> the Batman's not going to be near anything for a while because he checked into rehab. He did, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And he's going to be there a while, apparently. Yeah, third time, and apparently the insurance, I think it was, they were saying something like that that might cost him his Batman roles. Yeah. To be fair, though, he wasn't really... He didn't seem keen. Yeah, he wasn't really into it. Was nah. No. Nah. Uh, Top Gun 2... I actually feel, I actually feel quite sorry for him, ah. because you you've gone your whole life... And being a Batman fan, and you get the opportunity to be your big hero, and that must. I, I that mean, must get on a man. 
I mean, don't well, get me wrong. <laughs> I hear you, man. But the thing that bothers me, and again, I'm not a Hollywood celeb, but my first thing would be, do you want to be Batman? Absolutely. Wait, hold on. Who's involved? And then I'd look at it and be like, no. No, not them. No, no, thank you. I, I don't. See, if you were in Ben Affleck's position, if you were Ben Affleck... He didn't need to be Batman. He didn't would need still it. go... Yes, mate. I will do your Batman. He's a because you would hope that you held enough sway that you can get cunts fired. Not when it like I mean, given the fact that DC had already basically said Zack Snyder's our guy, I'm like, no, not that guy. Sorry, no, no fucking chance. That guy has no fucking idea what you're doing. Anyway, that's by the by. We'll never know. Um, if I was, want to I, know. If I was, Want to know if I was offered the Batman role, well, who the fuck knows? You know what I mean. Top Gun Two has been pushed back. Um, it was supposed to be released uh, next year, twenty nineteen. Um, it's been re- it's been pushed to twenty twenty. <laughs> the reason is apparently that it gives them time to work out the complicated action sequences that is needed for this film that would have been rushed uh, to meet its um, <laughs> its release date. Surely that's the kind of thing you would like, work on before you go to start filming. Correct. I, I I think that's a bunch of bullshit. I think there's something yeah. else. There's something else at work there. You don't you don't say you're going to make a Top Gun two movie and then be like, well, we actually we don't know if we've got enough time to do the action sequences, so we need another year. You're like, no, 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 no. There's 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 um, negotiations and complications there. In my opinion, well, I wonder if somebody's getting Scientologyed. Well, is Tom Cruise anything to do with it? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's going to be Ma- he's reprising his role as Maverick in it. I wonder. Do you remember how we talked about that last week? Well, I mean, I know we've talked about it before, <laughs> but like, I wonder if it's anything to do with the success of Mission Impossible Fallout with all the practical effects. Like, they got him to fucking learn how to fly a helicopter in that one. Maybe he's like intent intent on a flying a jet. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <clears throat> I wouldn't um, put it past him. No, I, I, as I said, I think one of the biggest things about Mission Impossible Fallout is the fact that there's all these practical effects and it looks great. It's, it's something that I hope that will transfer. The fact that Mission Impossible Fallout has made so much money and has done so well, much like when Mad Max Fury Road came out, I'm like, I really kind of hope that we go back to um, studios being pressured to do more physical effects and rather than just be like, I will CGI in post. But, I don't think anybody would insure Tom Cruise to fly a jet engine. Probably not. I mean, like, what would be the difference between him being insured to do the fucking thing with the helicopter or not? Because he's flying a jet, a jet that's worth millions of dollars, and he himself is worth millions of dollars. They're not going to do it. No fucking chance. I don't know, man. They won't. They can't. They can't afford to do it. They can't afford to do it. No chance. I I, I can't ever see that that happen. It wouldn't happen. Um, Woody Allen, uh, his new film Rainy Day has been shelved indefinitely, um, following old allegations that have been brought to life by his adopted daughter uh, and the Me Too movement about, uh, you know, uh, sexual assault and also it doesn't help the fact that in the film it includes a scene where an older man is sexually flirting with a 15 year old girl yeah okay 
So there we go. That's that news. <coughs> Unsurprising. I mean, then they Woody Allen kind of. I mean, he's kind of like Roman Polanski. We're like, well, I mean, you use if you're going to talk about like Hollywood and um, all the stuff that's going on, you have to kind of address the stuff that everyone's just kind of skimmed over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, any thoughts on that one, Neil? I kind of expected that already had been gelled, yeah. given that it was filmed last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really have thoughts on it, to be honest. Okay, I mean, um, it is what it is, you know what I mean? It, it's been shelved just now, but when it boils down to there there will come a time when Amazon will probably want to shift it. Well, and some deal buy the rights to it and he's, he's about he's directed a couple of things from Amazon. One was a big success, the other was a kind of a bomb. Um so I think a lot of them are like, right, well I mean he <clears throat> he's been given all this creative freedom to do this um film but you know, his adopted daughter is bringing up allegations and in twenty eighteen where all that has been brought to light, um, it doesn't look good for them as a company, so they have to shut off it. I mean they didn't give a fuck when they rehired Jeremy Clarkson after he got fucking dropped from TV, did they? Like, since when did Amazon he didn't care about, like... When did he... No, like, they, they brought him on after Top Gear got, like, kind of got... That canceled. is true. No, they I, then picked him yeah. up for, for Amazon, grand for uh, yeah. the Grand Tour, that's right. Aye. Did yeah. he get sacked from Amazon, yeah. right? No, no, oh, not from Amazon. He got sacked from, like, whatever fucking channel Top the BBC. No, no, I... He got sacked from the BBC, um, and, then, and then and then Amazon. Then Amazon got, yeah, right, right. I'm with you. Now, right, okay, that's fair enough. That's Point not fair being enough. is, like, Amazon don't seem to fucking care if people have got like muddied histories. No, okay. though I suppose like physical abuse and sexual abuse are two different things. Yeah, I fucking hate Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, I can't fucking stand him either. He's a dickhead. Okay, uh, a quiet place too is happening. Um, we all like you like the quiet place. I like. Did you see it, Neil? I really liked it, but I was disappointed in the last 15 minutes of it. Uh, well, the second one's happening. Uh, Krasinski is writing, but he's not directing. So, His uh, Jack Ryan TV show should be out there, isn't it? Yeah, again, uh, Amazon, it, yeah. Amazon produced one. Is it, yeah. is it not? Is this the first season, the second season? I think this is the first, the first season. Oh, okay. okay. Well, there we go. Um, I think he's a good, uh, he's a good fit for Jack Ryan. So we'll wait and see how that goes. For for the era of Jack Ryan that they seem to be doing, yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's got that right look of oh, he could maybe get win the fight, but he also looks like a guy who should be sitting behind a desk looking at intel. Do you have a favourite Jack Ryan film, Neil? <sighs> it's the Hunt for Red October. Just so yeah, you know. it's the Hunt for Red October. <laughs> of course, it is, man. Is, Hunt for Red October is a tit. Is, is a sum of all fears a Jack Ryan movie? It is. It is, yeah. You that dares. That that's has, your favourite one. That has a great moment in it. Right. When the nuke goes off. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. He's like, there's so, a great so, moment so, where they just went and spoiled it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the sum of all fears is alright. It's just. It's, it's fine. It's just. It's just. It's not that good. Yeah. You've got 24, so. Some of all fears is better. Uh, sorry, twenty four is better than some of all fears. Yeah, that that is actually something that plays into the some of all fears not being that good. Yeah. Is because at that same kind of era, 
you are watching 24 or show you how that kind of thing should, should be, done. be done. Correct. Yeah. Uh, going back to Quiet Place, though, like, mm-hmm. how how does that film play out? Like, the first one was such a kind of tense kind of horror thriller, but then by the yeah, end of it, it's new until said, the last 10 minutes. Yeah, by the <laughs> end of that movie, like, they very much know how to get the upper hand. Okay, so the and second, it became such a bravado action movie. The second like, film will be a road movie. Um, do you think again. this becomes like Tremors 2 where uh, I think, I they think actively it, hunt the things nah, as a business? This becomes a road movie where they, they find also, that they are, should be dead. I know. Um, uh, yeah, a road movie where they find different communities that are going through or have been going through the same thing as them, but you know, that's what happened. Well, it was the whole world, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, sh- it shouldn't be a continuation of that family because the, like if, a... they, if they if they continue with that family, I think that's far too much of a logical jump. Because when spoilers for the end of this film, when they're in that basement, she's got a shotgun. She doesn't have a lot of ammo. There's loads of these alien cunts. There's only two more of them. There's. Two. Only the only there's only three total in that area, and she's already killed one. There's only two more. Oh, is there? I yeah. I never garnered that from it because I was too busy going. She just fucking cocked that shotgun like a badass. Yeah, that's just rude, isn't it? Okay, again, sorry for the spoilers for this movie, but like in talking about it's a sequel, you kind of need to talk about it. But like, uh, yeah, well, that that's the only thing that changes from the start of that film to the end of that film, though, is that like they now know how to fight these things. So like a mm-hmm. sequel. If it's not following that family, like it's just that same film again. It's just you know, oh, don't make noise, oh man. Like, so would you say uh, that? I stood in a nail. I had a kid. Do you fucking... think they should go like the Cloverfield Ten, Cloverfield Lane way, where more of an anthology, films, two different films, but in the same universe? Well, I mean, yeah, I would imagine that the parallel they're probably thinking of when they're doing this is Alien to Aliens. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, as I said, Krasinski's writing, but we don't know, like, nothing has been leaked about details or whatever, but you'd like to think that they'll be smart about it and just not do a retread. Yeah. Like, we'll wait and see. But, like, also, I don't want to see an action version mm-hmm. of that world. Uh... Nah, it would ruin it. Um, Wesley Snipes uh, has recently revealed that uh, Marvel are working on two Blade projects. Okay. Uh, no specific details, but apparently there are two projects on the go. It might be a TV show, it might be a film. Uh, how do you feel about that? I enjoy this news. Okay. I will watch more Blade. Okay. I also have a theory of what one of these projects may be, okay. and that the announced Marvel announced maybe maybe two three years ago now uh, there was going to be a new Blade series That's in right. which. Which it was Blade and his daughter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, so he was kind of more like the kind of teacher role of it. Right. And if they're if they're talking to Wesley Snipes, you gotta imagine that's about where doing two yeah. two different things. At the age of Wesley Snipes is, granted, he still looks like the same age he did when he was in Blade Three, but given the age, it would probably be the best move. To make that show, okay. that car, that comic a show, and then launch that comic. Yeah. I think that if they make a Blade movie that has all the style of like the the kind of first one, mm-hmm. but modern modern sensibilities, that could be something 
really entertaining to watch. Yeah. If it goes down the route, like I know you guys, like I know a lot of people like Blade 2, and like it is an entertaining film. <coughs> Blade 2 and 3 are fucking dumb Gold films. Star. Like uh, if they make another film where I'm just fucking standing there with my head in my hands for the entire fucking hour and a half or whatever it takes to go through that thing, I don't want that. I want like, I, I would want something that's like dark and stylish with a lot of martial arts in it. Like a, uh, rather than just people being fucking idiots. You know that there's a lot of martial arts in Blade 2. Is there? Yeah. Look, there's yeah, some. There's, there's not a great deal. Well, there is, though. No, not really. <laughs> it relies more on gimmicky stuff with the, the guns or the sword. Kind of We're thing. not getting an argument again. Anyway. Uh, yes, I um, personally, I'd like to see where they would go with Blade. Uh, I think the last thing they did was they did a Blade series was on Bravo, and it I ever saw like one or two episodes of that and it was I, garbage. It, it wasn't great, man. You're like, I, I don't care. I do not care about this. But yeah, wait and see. <clears throat> Last piece of news I've got um, Child's Play. The remake. Why is that still a thing? Just fucking let that die. <laughs> the Child's Play remake won't be uh, anything supernatural. They're going more for a sci fi uh, play on it. Uh, it's instead, about a fucking killer who possesses a doll. What? Instead, instead of that, it will be about a Chucky doll having a defective. Um, so it's like an AI thing. It's like yeah, a, robot. a defective programming code, and it's hacked and has no limitations to learning and also violence. I guess that is the line <coughs> with like what people fear in twenty eighteen. Like a, you know, the world is a, a much less spiritual place than it used to be. So like. Rogue AI is now the thing that Stephen. Well, he's dead. So say Stephen Hawkins afraid of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you know, AI in general is like the big, the big fear of it. So it's. Um, I think it's an alright move, but I'm very much of the point that this series should just be left. I think you lose something in making it a robot rather than like a an evil a being killer. because like. Yeah. You know, malice is a, a a big a big part of that, isn't it? If it's just a robot, then it's like, you know, it's still it's still killing people. It's still yeah, it, it, kill, it lacks it's just, yeah. it lacks a personality. Yeah, that that Brad Dourif brings to it. Yeah, he does as that character. Mm. Is that all the news? That is all the news. Uh, Neil, do you have any news? Uh, no, that was all the news I had. Cool. Any trailers? Um. The trailer I seen, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's um, Paul Feig is the director, and it's got Anna Kendrick and Blake. Well, it's, it's called A Simple Favor. A Simple Favor, and basically the trailer is Anna Kendrick uh, befriends uh, Blake Lively, who seems like you know she's uh, you know Anna Kendrick's just a simple lassie, whereas uh, Blake Lively's got money and stays in a big house, and then all of a sudden Blake Lively goes missing, and then. The kind of conspiracy, conspiracy is what's happened to her. Um, it looked like a watered down Gone Girl, and I think it looked shite. Okay, has he made any good films? Yeah, Bridesmaids. Okay, yeah, that was good. See, did. see everything that that this, this trailer suggests that mm -hmm. Blake Lively's character does. Mm -hmm. I don't believe for a second that Blake Lively would be that person. Yeah, I can understand that. I can understand that. 
Um, Blake Lively's useless. Yeah. She's, so no, she's no deed either. She's no deed. Is she fuck? Do you think there's any uh, dinosaurs in this one? I mean, let's be honest here. Jurassic Park is better than. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. For all you listeners, uh, one of the best movie reviews you'll ever see is a movie review at Gone Girl where they basically compared it to Jurassic Park, and it is the funniest fucking thing. So if you can find that, check it out. Uh, Neil, did you see any more trailers? That that, that and the Predator. Um, that's all I've seen. You know what I mean? Is that uh, a new Predator trailer? No, it's just the same nah, it's fucking the same. shit. Um. No, I can't think of any. Yeah. Um, so apart from the films that we've seen in the cinema, um, have you watched anything on Netflix or a DVD? Do you want to talk about Yeah. Um, do you remember a couple of weeks ago I watched Legend of the Mountain? Yes. Well, I then went out and got uh, King Sue's, uh more well-known film, yeah. A Touch of Zen. And was it good? Yeah, yeah, it was really, really good. I really so enjoyed it. Cool. DVD, Blu-ray, what did you... Uh, I bought the Blu-ray. The, uh, the concept, see when you said I went out to get, like the concept of just actually... Going out to buy, like, buy, yeah, a DVD. Actually well, no, right, see, right, this right. is the thing, like, see, because I work in town, uh, to get the bus home, uh, I can go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. I can go the boring way, or I can go the way that takes me past CEX, and fop for a browse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course. I've re- I think I've reached that stage where, with with uh, like cinema viewing and film viewing, where I used to be a total cheapskate and would always just stream things. But now, if it's a film that I actually really want to see, I don't mind paying for the Blu-ray as long as it's no more than about a tenor. <laughs> I Absolutely, like, man. You should have an Arrow DVD with you, man, like five Yeah, points. I think the, the there's, last... a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out on, on like, like Arrow and Eureka and BFI and stuff like that, which will never be on, like, Netflix and stuff like that. That's true. But I'm quite happy it's got a tenor. What were you saying, I think, like, the last, like, Blu-ray I bought was My Neighbor Totoro off a... No, it wasn't. It was Perfect Blue off yeah, Amazon. Yeah, that's right. But even then, though, it's like, if I'm buying, like, a, a physical copy or something... I'm usually doing it on a service where it will be delivered to my home. Like the- yeah, well, normally I'd, I'd be the same going on Amazon, but it's now it's more. I've been it's one of these things where it's I've been in work all day. I finished at four. Ugh, I'll go the long way and enjoy the browse. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that was like I mean I used to spend a lot of time doing yeah. that, like rarely buying anything, but spend a lot of time just looking through all the shit. How? Like- yeah. When did that change for you, really, man? It was like a, I don't know, a transitional period. Or was like, nah, just one day. I was like, nah, I don't do that anymore. So I don't do like, it. Like I can remember being quite against digital copies of stuff for a long time. Right. Okay. Like I, I mean, like even video games. Like I, I kind of still bought physical copies of games for like a long time after. You were like that with books, though, weren't you, man? You like to have the hard copy, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, there's still something to that as well, but like it's just yeah. so convenient using like the app on your phone. Of course, it is. Course it is. Um, yeah, it's weird. Um, so, what's this film about, man? So, I, I touch us in, right? And I'm going. I'm going to read this blurb straight off the back of the box. Okay. Can I ask a question first? Yes. Is it in any way related to a touch of frost? Pack will sit down. No, carry on. 
widely regarded as the greatest martial arts epic of all time. Fuck off. A Touch of Zen won awards worldwide, including at Cannes, smashed box office records, and had an incalculable influence on the genre as a whole. That's a good word, incalculable. Uh, everything about that statement is true. Or at least kind of true. Okay. Um, whereas Legend of the Mountain was more of an esoteric kind of fanciful kind of fantasy affair, this is a very straight to the point. It's a film about people on the run from the law. Local guy gets involved. Mm-hmm. Shit kicks off. Things happen. People die. Bit of martial arts. Is it, better, road. is it better than the raid? No. So it's not the greatest martial arts <laughs> no. so, See, <laughs> see this, is, this, is, this is one of the points I was going to make uh, about the statement being only kind of true. See, when it says greatest martial arts epic, mm-hmm. I think calling this a martial arts film does a disservice to it. Right, right. And I was thinking about this on the way up the road today, that, see, when we watch a period drama, mm-hmm. you'll get a bit of whatever war is going on in that time frame. <laughs> so if it's like World right. War One, you get a yeah. bit of this um, yeah. If it's ye old King Arthur, you get a guy in a horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in a Chinese period drama, it would just be Kung Fu. And fighting with swords, right. uh, which this is. So I think this it's to call it an art martial arts film is a disservice when it is just it's a period epic. Right, right, right. Okay. When was this film made? Nineteen sixty-seven. Fuck, fuck me. Okay. This is at the because uh, I looked to see how close this was to uh, Legend of the Mountain. Legend of the Mountain was nineteen seventy-eight. Right. So. Uh, it's it's an interesting film to have watched after watching that because the structure like both films are like three hours long and the structure's kind of similar in that you get your kind of opening bit is here's an introduction to your lead guy you see why he's maybe a bit of a schmo uh, and you get some wee chess pieces being moved mm-hmm. and then it's the middle act where shit kicks off third act more happens so, oh sorry go on because like, this, is, this is one of the things which I really loved about this was the film comes to what could be considered a very natural conclusion and then there's like another half hour which you then go alright this is happening so it's a weird way that this the, the, the kind of the way who's kind of built the film is it's it's kind of like watching, let's see the best kind of curb your enthusiasm jokes, mm-hmm. where something happens, something really really minuscule happens, mm-hmm. and there's a ripple effect that goes through the whole episode. Right. This kind of the structure is kind of like that, where sure? things just cap, cap, keep cascading into the narrative, right. and they slot in and they make sense, but it, it keeps broadening broadening it out. Until it's this big kind of epic. It's, okay. uh, it's really, really good. 
What, hey, what's brought this on? Actually, I never really kind of thought about it when we were talking before. Like about a uh, was it Way of the Mountain? It's called Legend of the Mountain. Legend of the Mountain. And, like you watched like the Immortal Blade or what was that one called? Blade of the Immortal. Oh, Blade of the Immortal. Like why? I don't know, what's just kind of... on this kick of like kind of uh, Eastern. Just... Do you never get that bullshit? Like you just kind of like oh, yeah, I, I do. Somewhere. But that's like right up my street. Used, it's, like... It used to, it used to be a genre. Like <laughs> see when we all had millions of videos. As a genre, I used to have a lot of stuff, yeah. uh, and used to be right into when I was kind of younger, and then it just kind of fell out of it. And it was just because like, the only reason I bought Blade of the Immortal was because it was like six pound and fop, and I thought eh, I could get stoned and watch that. And it's kind of just kind of led me back down that road. Right. So Blade oh. of the Immortal is the what's kind of kicked this whole thing off. Yeah, Need yeah. To revisit the genre. That's cool. Yeah. Um, also, like um, with uh, I think the, these have been on the Eureka Master of Cinema, uh, Masters of Cinema series, mm-hmm. and I've kind of been looking at what they've got as well. So it might lead to other things. Sweet. Okay. Um, you watched anything else, Bud? Bud, pal. He's taking a <laughs> big, <laughs> big, uh, big gulp of water. Um. We talked about the spy who dumped me last week, didn't we? Yep. Yeah, we did that. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I haven't really watched anything now. So watched, watched a, lot, a lot of wrestling. Me and you have a conversation about that. Uh, I've been playing some Far Cry 5. Uh, okay. um, uh, does 7 still hold up? Absolutely. Um, recently... When I wasn't the cinema, I was watching like Netflix. So I, one of the films I watched was Seven, and fucking hell, man, that 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 film is a masterclass in how to do a good detective film. Um, absolutely excellent. Uh, Brad Pitt's brilliant. Morgan Freeman's brilliant. David Fincher's excellent. Um, even knowing that like Big Space is a, a big fucking rapist, you still watch it and you're like, I can divorce that guy from the the character, and it was it's excellent. It's it's really fucking sharp. I mean, I've seen that film a fucking ton of times, but this was the first time I've seen it about maybe five, six years, and I, I, I was still in awe of it. I was like, man, this is so fucking really well made. I bet it's actually longer than that since you watched it last, because we've been in this flat for like eight years. Have you watched it in here before? Fuck, do you know what? No, it is longer yeah. than that, because I've not seen it in this flat, yeah. But it was it was incredible. I, I loved the film. Really, really good. It is a really good movie. Like, um, I, I haven't seen it in a fucking long time either. I mean, I, I was like, I don't know what my favourite David Fincher film is, but that's up there. Absolutely. Where else did you watch? Uh, I watched uh, Pink Panther and Revenge of the Pink Panther. The... Why? Because <laughs> um, I, I, I like Peter Sellers, and um, it's that way on my Netflix uh, list. I've got Doctor Strangelove, which is just an incredible film. <clears throat> Easily Peter Sellers' best work. But I was like, you know what? I want to revisit, and I seen on Netflix that the Pink Panther and the Pink Panther Strikes Again. And was there only the two Panther. of them? Oh, there was like eight. Was it eight? Well, so like the Pink Panther is a diamond. The, it is, the, yes. Yeah, the first film is there. Is it the first movie where they think it's been stolen, but it's actually in the museum the entire time because it's in in the fish tank and you can't see it when it's underwater from them, or? Was that from a cartoon? I guess from a cartoon. <laughs> um, yeah, the the Pink Panther Diamond is the focus of the first movie, but as the series went on, uh, Peter Sellers' Inspector Clouseau just it just became like it, it it was called the Pink Panther, 
but that's like the only film that really focuses on the diamond of the Pink Panther. It just became a kind of synonymous with the character. Um, so the Pink Panther is really good. Um, it's a really, it's a really good like you know, film in terms of like uh, physical comedy and just buffoonery. Um, you've got the Pink Panther Diamond, where you've got um, you've got um, Inspector Clouseau is brought in to basically because he there's something fishy going on and they basically go to the ski resort and there's a bunch of players on the go that are maybe going to try and steal the Pink Panther Diamond from uh, this princess and yeah it's just it's a really I don't want to say masterclass but it's 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 a oh, great it's, masterclass for seven you can't, I have yeah um, it's a great film in terms of like just <clears throat> as, as, in terms of physical comedy and just uh, buffoonery really really good um, I think I mean Revenge of the Pink Panther is good because as the series I mean that was the, I think it was like the fifth movie of the series and as it goes on um Kind of can, I, can I just ask a question? Yeah, sure. How can a diamond have revenge? Well, that's the thing, is because um, up and up until this point, it's not even about the Pink Panther diamond, because the Pink Panther as a cat, like, you, and you've seen the anime... Like the, Do they use the diamond to power a laser that cuts apes in half? No, that is the film Congo. <laughs> that is the film Congo, right? Yeah. <laughs> that film's so fucking shit. <laughs> Um, yes, it is. It, the, like because the Pink Panther character, the animated um, like character of the Pink Panther, became so kind of in tune with like the series. There's loads of films in the Pink Panther series where it's nothing to do with the diamond. Yes. There's one that's a yes. murder mystery. There's one that's a kidnapping. It's whatever. just the name of the franchise. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so in Revenge of the Pink Panther, it's because Inspector Clouseau, they attempt an assassination on him, but it's got nothing to do with the diamond. It is more just like they're uh, they're attempting to assassinate like, one of the best detectives. So like, um, is he though? That's what I was about to ask. I've, I've seen these when I was a kid, but I don't remember. So like, is he similar to Columbo where he has the air of an idiot that actually knows what he's doing no. or is he just an no, idiot? It, he is other, actually an idiot. The other way around. He is the luckiest man right. about. Um, the, the Revenge of the Pink Panther, um, it's nineteen seventy. I think that was it. Peter Sellers is kind of up the accent, the stereotypes. There's a lot of racially questionable stereotypes and cliches in this film. Uh, it relies upon a lot of the physical comedy as opposed to, I mean, yeah, the plot is what it is, but it's more all Peter Sellers is the star, and he's going to fall over a bunch of times, and it's going to be really funny. And for the first half of the film, it works really well. Second half of the film, it becomes really repetitive. Um, it was fine. I still enjoyed it, uh, and there's some really nice jokes in it, but it, it was it, at that point, it was a series that had run its course. Right, what else you got? Um, that was it. That was the... Oh, no, sorry. I rewatched watched uh, Nebraska, uh, Alexander Payne's 2013... 2013, 2012. No way, was that that long ago? It was, man. It was really, really long ago. No. Um, and I don't know. I think no. I've, I think I've decided no. that that might be my favorite Alexander Payne film. Um, absolutely fucking. I, I, I think it's a flawless. I mean, movie. his other films are good, but like they, they kind of there isn't really any contest to it. He, he's a great director. I mean, I'm not seeing downsizing, but everyone that's the, talking about... the best thing that Alexander Payne has ever done. His is is his section is his section in Parisia Tem. Well, that what is, one was his? Hold on, hold that on. That is your was opinion, his, man. Was his the one with the American tourist? Yes, oh. yes, it was. <laughs> I love that. I love that bit of filmmaking. 
so very much. Uh, yeah, I remember the two of us fucking absolutely splitting our sides yeah. watching that in the GFT. It, it, spoke, it spoke to me on so many levels. Um, have you seen that film? I, I haven't seen that, no, I haven't. Have you never seen that? That'll, not, that'll be on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll watch that's, yeah. I, It's a fine I, bit of filmmaking. Yeah, Nebraska, um, so it stars Bruce Dern, Will Forte, and Bill Odenkirk, and, uh, Bill Odenkirk and uh, June Squibb. And um, it's basically about... a. a Will Forte's dad. He's played he by receives Bruce a chain letter. He gets he gets a he gets a chain letter through the mail where he thinks he's won a million dollars and he has to go to Nebraska to get it and he keeps on trying to walk to Nebraska even though he's been brought back by police etc etc. So Will Forte, his son, is like right, let's just fuel the fantasy and let's get this over and done with. And it's he sees it as a way of connecting with his father. Yeah, like the because great it's that, yeah. I mean, it's one of those films where like well, um, Bruce Stern's character is just this elderly guy who's like losing his shit but it's a road movie where you learn more about his character and you kind of understand the way he is and why he's like that it's a, a total subtle comedy though isn't it? yeah, it's, like, it's, it's not like it, an out and out laugh is, is, it the, is it the Rick and Morty of his day? no, no <laughs> have um, you never seen Nebraska, Neil? no, I have I've just it's, been facetious it's, it's, it's a beautiful <laughs> film man it's really it's, it's in black and white but it's beautifully shot it's really well acted and it's a really fucking heartwarming and uplifting story. There is a colourised version of that. Probably. Um, I remember a story a long time ago where it was like a TV version of it was colourised. But I mean they do that with everything. Look at Mad Max Fury Road. They had the chrome version of that. They've got Logan Noir. So I'm not surprised that there's a colour version of it. Um, I've I mean... I like that it's in black and white. I really do. I think uh, it's as I said, it's beautifully shot, great cinematography, really well acted, and it's just it's just a really, really, really well made story. Really good characters, great story arc. Um, Stacy Keach is in it as well, who's excellent. Um, everybody in it is fantastic. Um, I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed revisiting that film, and as I said, it's 2012, 2013. I was like, holy shit, man, I feel old. Will you move on to cinema releases? Yeah, um, so I'll get this out of the way quickly. Uh, I went and watched Festival. It was made by one of the guys that uh, created The Inbetweeners. Um, it stars, um, not James Barclay. The guy who plays Simon. The guy who plays Simon. Uh, something Thomas, I think his name is. Who, him and his pal are going to a music festival and that's the crux of the film. Um, for a film that's about a guy going to a music festival, it was quite boring. Um, I giggled a few times um, he is a very unlikable main character. Um, tonally, the character arcs and the story is all over the fucking place. And it's one of the first times where Jermaine from Flight of the Concords, I thought he was bad in it. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, is it because you're bad or is it just the material that's bad? I'll say material, but it was not a great movie. Um, I would give it a miss. Um, I, I, I had high hopes for it because I like the in-betweeners. Um, it wasn't was it Damon Beasley? I, anyway, it wasn't very good, so give it a miss. Fair enough. Uh, Quite glad I didn't go see that then, actually. Not that you were... I, I thought the trailer looked awful. It looked like everything yeah. that I disliked about British comedies. I Anyway, well, um, I watched uh, Equalizer 2, which was, I think, the big release of last last week. It uh, was, yeah. Yeah, excellent. I uh, really enjoyed it. Um, Better the first one? Absolutely, 100%. Um, I was disappointed with the first one. I I mean, it's a genre film. You know, it's like, okay, Denzel Washington 
is this guy, he's a badass, and he's going to get people to help. Equalizer 1, I just thought, didn't really deliver on that. I thought it was quite tame. Um, but with uh, Equalizer 2, I th I think the film did exactly what it should have done the first time round. I thought it placed the character in a really... Um, exactly where he should have been, where Robert McCall <laughs> should be. Um, I thought the way the story went was cool, because when you watch the trailer, it's kind of deceptive, because you're like, oh, it's about this, but it's not really about that, it's about another character. So, I mean, like, the trailer made it look like it was just a straight-up revenge thing, where, like... It is a straight-up revenge. Of, yeah, it, a bunch it, of mobsters, like, killed a guy he cared about, and then... It's a straight-up revenge film, because the way the trailer plays out is like, oh, man, so this guy who's painting this house, they've kidnapped yeah. him, and that's it, but there's stuff before then. And I'm like, that's cool, because you, you... Again, when you're watching the film, and you seen films you're like that's a bad guy immediately i was like that's a bad guy but it's not about it's not about me Strange, strangely enough my that was my mother's kind of review of this film mm -hmm. uh, she said it was good it was enjoyable but you know exactly who everybody is ah. and you can see it coming yeah i mean the thing is i don't think the, the film doesn't present itself as in you've to work this out or it's yeah. trying to be smart in like this is the, the, the we don't you know we're not going to give too much away it's like no this is the plot that's the goodie that's the baddie and eventually we're going to find out really we're just waiting to see what Denzel's going to do up to that okay. point I mean really they should have called this film the Justice League because he dishes out all the fucking justice it's better than the Justice League you, so. you tried to make that joke fly earlier in the week it's not flying then it's not flying now don't we? well the audience doesn't know that thanks Neil Anyway. I mean, I'm sure the audience <laughs> won't find it funny. Anyway, either, so, um, so uh, do you, do you what, what did you watch? Oh, um, the only other thing that I went to, I went to the Happy Time Murders. Ah. Because I'm a guy in, who's almost 40 year old. I like how I like about to watch this film. <laughs> I, I, I like a Muppet. What can I say? Oh, right, it's uh, that movie, right? Yeah. Right. So it's like um, the, basically the adult kind of Muppet Sesame movie Street. where they swear and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like. it's... It's, uh... <laughs> what the fuck happened there? Tommy just pulled the earphones back out again, so I missed that. What did you say, Neil? I was just marvelling at the stupidity of what's going on in the back there. Um, yeah, it's it's like a kind of... I don't want to say a buddy cop movie, but it's more it's more Lethal Weapon One than Lethal Weapon Two. If you get my drift, you're talking about a movie with Muppets in it, like a, compared to <laughs> Lethal Weapon at all. Um. Well, right. Okay. So the story is, um, I can't even remember the character's name. Shit. Uh, like the head, the main main Muppet guy, the Polish guy that you're following. Uh, he's a disgraced cop. Um, he's now a private eye. He gets he's in the wrong place at the wrong time for on when there's a couple of murders, and shit escalates from there. Okay. And it's just it's a it's a it's a very basic it's a very basic premise. Story's pretty basic. Um, there's it's short enough. It's only about an hour and a half, so it doesn't really. It does what it has to do and does it relatively quickly. Does it manage laugh. to be funny? Yeah, I laughed at some stuff. Yeah, some stuff. Uh, is it inconsistent? Uh, inconsistent is a good way to describe it. 
A lot of it also depends on how much you enjoy the work of Melissa McCarthy. Uh, Paco hates her. Oh, yeah, can't stand uh, him. Yeah. See, I, I'm, of, I'm more of a... I've seen her do good work, so I know that there is good work there. She, like, yeah, like... Just, it, just it doesn't come out enough. I thought she was good in Bridesmaid, because it was the first time I'd seen that particular kind of thing. Yeah. But then every movie she does after that is pretty much the exact same thing, mm-hmm. and it grows old. Fast. Yeah, I believe. Uh, I believe your description is she's gross and falls over a lot. Pretty much, like, um, but like, I do think that she's quite she entertaining. Doesn't really fall over a lot in the... She's very entertaining when she does her impersonation of Sean Spicer. Yeah, like that's that stuff is great when she does that. Um, so like, I do. I get what you're saying. Like, there's times where she can be good. Yeah, I just generally, if I see her name, it means it's a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna Fair have enough. a bad time. You're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, yeah look, she, I, she, I, she, I, I thought it, I thought it was all right. Okay. I I wouldn't say it was bad. I wouldn't say it was good. I would just say, well, I killed an hour and a half. Hmm. At least I didn't go and see Slenderman. But you did go see Tom. So I went and seen Slenderman. Thank you, Neil. And uh, yeah, going by the trailer, you're like, yeah, it's a bunch of fuckwads that I hope die during the course of this film. Um, yeah, for the first five minutes of the film, I was like, yep, it's a um, bunch of millennial, uh, a group of high school lassies, millennials, um, you know, they talk about Instagram a bunch and Twitter. And then it's like, uh, okay, yeah, I hope all you die soon. As okay, the fi- and that was no, no. As, as the fi- like, I was like, okay, it's going to be a bunch of shit. But I'll be honest with you, man, I was very surprised. Then um, it's if I was to say, it's like a mix of an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark with a Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I thought that it's not a straight out horror where it goes for the cheap jump scares. Uh, I thought it was a very creepy uh, and stylistic effort. Uh, there's a lot of really really cool. Um, um, so when hold on, the synopsis for this is like there's two girls who go out of the woods. The synopsis, the one film, of them tells no, the other one to no, stab. No, 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 no. Right, okay, so the synop- it's kind of like the ring. The synopsis of the film is the Slender Man is an urban myth. Like you know, if you summon him, then he will want to take you or haunt you or whatever. Right. So it's this urban myth. So they watch a video that is online and they watch it and they subsequently are affected by it one way or another. And right. uh, one of the one of the group goes missing and then the other lassies are affected by it one way or another like the bad dreams they've got like he's haunting them he's, he's you know whatever did they get slendered um, I mean if that's what, what you does know, that even mean is it, yeah I was going to say if, like, let's call it that they get slendered um, yeah. but yeah so nah man like honestly I was like okay um, this is not like a cheap jump scare bunch of nonsense um, the CGI and the actual look of the Slenderman is actually really good I thought the production design was excellent um, some of the cinematography was great the editing of the film is really cool because the way they play with how um, these girls are haunted or teased or um, is it eventually total... kind of taken by the Slenderman I thought they worked really well as I said it, it reminded me a lot of A Nightmare on Elm Street where Freddy Krueger's in your dreams and he can haunt you and he kind of teases you but he's not going to kill you yet I had that and then Are You Afraid of the Dark and you've seen that TV show from the mid 90s a Nickelodeon TV show it, it plays with that whole episodic thing where um, it's darker than what you expect 
and yeah, I thought Slender how, Man. How stereotypical is it? Is it one of those things where it's like there's a group of folk, this thing happens to the lot of them, start getting picked off one by one, they start to unravel the mystery of it, somebody goes somewhere and does some research. The cops are also in parallel, kind of uh, getting no, to the point um, they can position themselves to see, save see some. Every, see everything you're saying, that's mm. what I expected, right? But see when the lassies watch the Slenderman video, right? There's no, like, a lass, one of the group goes missing and that kind of kicks everything off. Um, there's not really a lot of police involvement. It, the, fo- the story mainly focuses on how it's affecting these uh, teenage girls. Um, and I really like the fact that it wasn't like oh, we're right. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, okay. You are saying that there's not a lot of police involvement, even though a teenage girl has gone missing no, what I in mean, a small town. What I mean is, it, the, the 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 film's focus never shifts to like an inter- an interrogation room or the parents. It's very or much good investigations. Sort of yeah, thing. the fil- Yeah, it's never all like, oh, the lead right. detective is oh, doing okay. this. It's like the film is focused on these girls and how this whole experience is affecting them. And I really enjoyed that. I also enjoyed the fact that it was like, yeah, they researched the urban myth of Slenderman, but there's no big book where it's like, oh, if you say the spell, spell after midnight, everything will be fine. I liked the fact that they didn't have that. It just was. They don't know how to fucking deal with. They don't know how to deal with this phenomenon that's happened to them. So they're kind of they're trying to work it out, but ultimately they they, they can't or don't know how to. Um, there's a couple of bits where it goes a bit stereotypical, but ultimately when it ended, I was like, man, uh, you know, fair play. I was like, I was very surprised at it. I was like, you know what, it had the balls to end it the way it ended it, and I was like, yeah, man. That, sorry, don't, the way the the balls to conclude it the way it did. I'm quite surprised that you like it as much as you do, though, because literally everything else I've heard about it has said it's shit. Uh, a friend in work, um, she hated it. She's like, yeah, this happens. It wasn't really scary, and I was like, yeah, that's true. It's not. I'll say this: it is not scary. It is more a creepy thriller. And I like the fact that it went that road rather than going for the cheap jump scares. Yeah, I mean, yeah. see when you watch the trailer for The Nun, which I will watch, there's going to be jump scares galore in that film. Whereas in this one, I was like, yeah, people probably came and expected something like The Nun or Annabelle or your run-of-the-mill scare. Truth or there. Yeah, like, oh, jump scare there, jump scare there, and they're going to find a solution to, you know, whatever. I was like, no, nah, I like the fact that this this is really about these girls um, being affected by this thing and also is the fact that it's like well are they crazy or are they not and I like that I, like, I played with it really well as I said um, the CGI the look everything about the Slenderman and the, his um, his whole environment I I enjoyed it man I, I was as I said pleasantly surprised so Fair enough. give it a watch but don't expect a jump scare marathon it is more a creepy thriller so, in lieu of any of us having watched Black Clansman, do you want to just like have a guess at what the film is actually like? <laughs> uh, I've heard, I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, I will, yeah. wa- I will watch it by next week. Um, I believe the Nun is out this week as well, so I will watch that at some point as well. So you will get my or mine. I'm going to say Neil as well. Oh, okay. On okay. Black yeah, I, I, I'll have seen Black Clansman by next week. Yeah, Neil will not have freaked out in a bus. I, like, I can't guarantee that that will not have happened. <laughs> do you notice that way we're like. As, I do that when I'm sober. As time goes on, like the idea of like 
sitting watching a super serious movie is like less and less appealing to me. Is this not like, the man that wanted to watch Lawrence of Arabia yeah, still do, a few weeks still ago? Do, yeah. And the DVD sitting is there, sitting there gathering sitting there right dust. There. Yeah. You know, it's just you just have to invest four days in it. <laughs> just like it's a total chore like going to the cinema for a serious effort in it. Like Well is right now because you right, did the West I, Island I, way or tried to do the West Island way and it didn't work out as well as you hoped. No, not not I, a slur. <laughs> You're in a lot of pain just now. I mean you, me handing you the control pad was like Christmas the other day because you look like fucking like, even outstre- outstretching your arm was a chore. Like, hey, is that true? I can, I can appreciate what you're trying to say there, Paco, because let, let see if I've done a like a nine four and work. I I think you think oh, I can go to something after after being in work, mm. and the last thing you want to do once you actually get out of work. Is then I have to go and sit somewhere yeah. if it's something that's really heavy. I mean, like I get the impression that this is probably going to have like black comedy elements to it, though, right? It's not like I think the whole thing's kind of a black yeah. comedy. Yeah. But like even the the subject matter just now, man, like the world is in such a shit state of affairs right now that like oh. to willingly go and watch something else that is to do with. All the bad shit happening, like even if it is, uh, in some this way, sounds like to... you're a little bitch. I mean, that's exactly. <laughs> it. See, that's exactly. the thing as well. Uh, partly, a lot of the reason this is getting lauded is even though it's a true story that took place in the seventies, it speaks volumes of where we are now in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's the first time I can honestly say I'm looking forward to a Spike Lee film. <laughs> Really? He doesn't make a lot of great films, in my opinion. Zelly not anymore. No. Did he do 25th Hour? No, that. Yes. Oh, no, he did, yes. That was good. That was 2003, 4. Well, he's done another good film. Inside Man's a good movie. Probably his most. But he also made the remake of Old Boy. Oh, okay. He's got a very hit or miss. Kind of catalogue, but it has quite a prolific catalogue. I don't think I saw the remake of Old Boy. It's fucking rank. Does it miss the point? Probably. Yeah, it, it changes the ending. Yeah, it, it tries. Way, it, it tries. Yeah. It tries to make make the ending as shocking, and it 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 kind of it smidges on what the original was, and. I mean, folk could say Charlotte Copley is hit or miss. He's very much a miss in that film. He's rank. And I don't know why Josh Brolin agreed to it. Cash <laughs> money is player. Cash money's for a film that made fuck all. Uh, <laughs> no, I did watch that. I did see that. When I'm you sure me and you watched it in screen... I'm going to say screen three of the Odeon. Um, and we were both just shaking our heads like, what the fuck was the point in this? Yeah. So, uh, is that us? That is us for this week. Uh, join us next week where I will have seen Black Klansman. Paco might have. Neil probably will have. I will also probably have watched The Ran. Yep, I will have watched The Nun as well. And, uh, where, where can the fine listeners You can get, get us at Raptors with? Podcast on Twitter. You can get us on Raptors in the Kitchen Facebook. Um, props to Paddy Donnelly for throwing, uh, throwing some uh, love our way in uh, some questions about like what's the biggest films you've never seen um, you can also get us on SoundCloud and iTunes uh, Twitter, Paco is PacoRUK I am at Vast Destruction Neil's at Scorch808 and uh, that'll do us for a week like, so, comment, subscribe 
like, comment, Go subscribe. Go to iTunes yeah. and uh, leave, rate, leave a comment rate, rate, there. Rate our like, uh, yeah. Amsterdam, what's been on? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I mean, that was went from 100 listeners in Amsterdam last week to none this week. Yeah, man. They Canada, Canada's back up there as the uh, number two spot. <laughs> oh. Big faithful Canada. Oh, Canada. Thank Indeed. you very much. Anyway, that has been us. Paco uh, Rodriguez. Yeah. Bye-bye.